0: From NJAC champions... The
1: Profs are NJAC champions! ...to national champions. The
0: profs are national champions! We got you covered on the home for Prof sports.
2: Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro.
1: Do you believe it's a positive one at all? Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents... The Rowan University Football Coaches Show. A weekly look at the latest happenings in profs football. Today's show is made possible in part by...
2: Barnes & Noble Bookstore. The Brown and Gold Gridiron Club. Inspira Health. Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar. The Rowan University Alumni Association. And the Southwest Council.
1: Now we take you to Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar in Glassboro, New Jersey. With Derek Jones and the head coach of Rowan University football, Jay Acorsi for the Rowan University Football Coaches Show.
3: Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. It is another Thursday night here in Glassboro, New Jersey, and it is time for the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. I'm Derek Jones, and as always, joined by the head coach, of rowan university Pros football jay Acorsi coach welcome
0: back in yeah it's great i just got a whiff of a fish dish it <laughs> smells really good i'm getting hungry already so not not to have a sidebar early on but you you ate here again last week yeah i did lasagna oh it was off the charts oh man off the charts
3: <laughs> well hopefully we have some time to squeeze in some more food talk later on during the course of the show but of course we'll be here with you until seven o'clock tonight talking about all things props football and what should be another fun Saturday afternoon of action for the Brown and Gold. Coach, it's a bye week, so you've had a chance to kind of relax a little bit and spend an extra week to get ready for Johns Hopkins. What has this week been like for you and the team?
0: Yeah, so, you know, last week, the off week was, you know, practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Um, you know, try to give them off. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then jump back and practice Monday so you get an extra day. Um, You know, lighter practices in nature, try to get some players back, not as physical, not as grinding, Um, but go back to basics. I, I think that's, you know, looking at the first three games, that's really what has held us back from really playing really well is just the basics of football. And that's, you know, coaches could talk X's and O's and schemes, and they could talk. All those things, but you know, the better fundamental football teams are going to win games. Um, and again, that's what we got back to. So, you know, kind of like a training camp type of week, where we're just really just honing in on the basics of football. And I thought we used it really well as coaches. I thought we we're able to rest players, but at the same time, get great fundamental work in. So, and it, you know, after three games, it's a great time to do it because you get to assess. And then get ready for the grind down the stretch. One more out-of-conference game and then conference play. So, you know, this is the stretch we need to be ready for. So it was a good time to have it.
3: Exactly. And it's about, you know, at this point, you're you're full go until the end of the season. And, you know, we've talked about this before with the placement of the bye week. I mean, there's, it's not like you can go in a grab bag and, and pick out, like, I'd like this week. But is there an advantage at all to having it this early versus maybe later on in the year
0: yeah i think it is because you you know you get three you know tough out of conference games and and then you get a chance to kind of take a step back and look at where you are what you're doing well what you're not doing well and really correct those things and spend time doing it if it's too early in the season you just don't have a body of work to work from so we do we have three games so you know those are things in those three games that we need to fix to make the stretch run down. And, again, we talked about in-conference play, out-of-conference play. Let's face it, it matters what you do in-conference. You win the conference, you get into the playoffs. Um, Very rarely do extra teams get in from conferences anymore with the formation of all these other conferences. There is no pool C anymore, no at-large, really. you got to win your conference to get in. And we talked a lot about that in the off-week, in that let's get ready for this grind in the end because this is really what matters the most.
3: And it's, it's got to be tough, too, because, you know, uh, people in the media, fans, we like to take a look and take a look at results and say, okay, this team in the Jack did this, yeah. so it must mean X. I mean, how hard is it not to get caught up in that? Or is that something you're kind of isolated from?
0: No, I think you have to, you know, and again, and, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about out of conference play and the the centennial NJAC challenge. You know, there's a reason why, you know, Ursinus and Hopkins and Muhlenberg and those smaller private schools um, are good. They expend a lot of resources and manpower into things that they think are important. And again, so, you know, again, when you take a step back and look, you know, why are we struggling as a conference against the against the Centennial? A lot of it's manpower and resources and yeah, I know when it's all said and done, you have the same players this and that, but you know, there's a reason why Alabama and all the top schools dominate every year as opposed to everybody else because it's the resources and manpower race. No different in Division 3, but you know, it gives us a chance to take a look at the conference and out of conference and see where we're headed and understand you know we've played some really good teams you know of the three teams two were undefeated you know and 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 one just had a big game against widener with stevens stevenson so we're not playing sisters of the poor we're playing really good teams <laughs> but i think that's good then it really tests you to find out how good you are and we obviously have a lot of work to do still.
3: And as you get set for conference play, that will start after this game yeah. Saturday. I mean, it's it's a clean slate. So you're right. I mean, it's the, the the playoffs are
0: still very much in sight. Yeah, it's it's like two different seasons, right? It's now it's the out of conference schedule in the games, and then it's the in conference schedule in games. And there's a premium within conference games to, to win the conference because it's much easier than back in the day. People say, well, in the 90s, you, you got in the playoffs, you were 7-2, and two, you do win the conference. That doesn't happen anymore. There are so many more conferences that there's so many audit bids. Everybody's got to win their conference to get in, you know. And let's face it, the Wisconsin conference, they're probably guaranteed to win because they're really good, you know. So, uh, again, it, it gives you a chance to really take a big overall look and a perspective of what you're doing.
3: This week's challenge for the props: the Blue Jays of Johns Hopkins, 3-0 and in the season so far. Wins over Ithaca, Christopher Newport, and most notably at Salisbury back on September 16th. Won that one by the score of 42-7. to When you take a look at them on film, what stands out?
0: They're just really good in, in all phases, you know. And, and I mentioned this at a luncheon the other day. Um, Jim Margraff, you know, the longtime coach who had since passed, we played them in the playoffs eight or nine years ago, a really good game down there, really close. He was just getting excited because he thought they were just starting to make a national push. Hopkins was a doormat program for the longest time, Um, and then all of a sudden they started to turn the corner, and I know he was really excited right around that time we played him in the playoffs, and unfortunately, Jim has passed, and You know, one of the assistants has taken over, but their trajectory still has been moving up. Let's face it, one of the finest institutions in the country. Yes. Bar none, right? They're like an Ivy, uh, a higher level school institution. They have players from all over the country, they have grad players all over the place. When you watch them on film, you understand why they're really good.
3: Going back, you mentioned the playoff game back in 2014. I mean, yeah. what stands out to you from, from that game? What do you remember about it? And then kind of is there anything that they still do stylistically that is similar?
0: Yeah, um, you know, I, I remember the game. I think Whit Marson was a little nicked up that game, but he had a pretty good game. It was a fairly close game, I think. Um, I don't think we played great defensively. I think we played okay offensively. I don't remember the score, but it was fairly close. And they had a really good team. Um, I just remember talking to Jim Argrave, the head coach at the time, and he was talking about their offensive and defensive lines. He said, Jay, we're really nationally starting to get offensive and defensive linemen. When you look at them, the one defensive end, he shouldn't be there. I mean, I don't know why he's not in an FBS school. 6'3", 250, 260, he controls the line of scrimmage from that spot. Um, he's really good. Their offensive line is big, physical, quarterback is big, throws the ball well. They have some good wide receivers, some good re- – you know, they're just really good everywhere. But when you look at their roster, roster, they have players from all over the country. Most of ours are from New Jersey. And, again, you know, that's going to make a difference when you're pulling national recruiting. And, again, Hopkins can do that. It's a great academic institution. You know, I think the largest endowment, I think, if I'm not mistaken, of all the colleges in the United States. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they're like two or three billion. They're like a billion or so ahead of everybody in terms of endowment. So all those things do matter. Um, It's just going to be a great test for us. But they've started to turn the corner and now they're a national program.
3: Uh, The the aforementioned playoff game, 24 to 16 win for for Johns Hopkins. You mentioned Whit Marcelin. 27 carries,
0: 136 yards. And I said, oh, he had an okay day, right? (laughs) But that was kind of an okay day for Witt, right? Yeah. You know, if he wasn't around the 200-yard mark with a couple (laughs) of TDs, you know, uh, (laughs) that's what I remember. Yeah, he was very good. Yeah, but they were really good offensively and defensively up front. And, again, I know Jim, you know, the former head coach, and he had been there forever. He'd been at Penn, I think, for a year or so. I think he was a Hopkins grad. He put so much into that, so I know... You know, looking from above, he's really proud of, of where they're headed and what they're doing, and they're really good.
3: Yeah, and that's just about the the, the extent of the, the program history between the two. As you yeah. mentioned, the the two programs have kind of been on different wavelengths throughout much of, of that period, especially in the 90s.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they were just trying to really remain competitive against Muhlenberg and Ursinus and, some, you know, Susquehanna and some of the other schools in that conference. Now they've kind of turned the tide. I remember talking to Pete Gallagher at Ursinus, he thought the gap was closing for Ursinus because they were starting to get better offensive and defensive linemen. And that's what I was really impressed about with Ursinus. They were really good up front on both sides of the ball. So that'll be a huge game for them this week. They have Muhlenberger's undefeated, you know, and then one of those two is probably going to play Hopkins down the road, um, you know, for their conference championship. But, uh, again, that's why they're good. and uh, You're somebody who certainly can relate to what – they're going
3: through in terms of trying to climb to the national spotlight. That's a place that Rowan has been before uh, quite frequently. What makes it tough about trying to make that rise up the ladder as you're trying to get things together? There's
0: just so many aspects of it, you know, facilities, staffing, recruiting, um, you know, it's just a lot that goes with it. And again, it's no different than the larger schools, right, that you hear that are building these phenomenal now practice facilities as long as their stadiums as well. At the higher levels, it's the same thing at the lower levels. Some of these private schools, Muhlenberg in case, you know, their athletic building they built next to their football stadium and track is absolutely gorgeous. All the head coaches have these, you know, big office mirrors, windows overlooking their stadium and areas, and you're like, Wow, that's Muhlenberg. I, I mean, again, but that's, you know, that's what it takes to do yeah. that, you know. Um, a lot of those things are out of your control. I understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just trying to fight to maintain. Um, you know, and again, there's a lot of state schools in New Jersey. We're all fighting for the same pool of student athletes, so it makes it competitive, you know, and, and that just makes it really hard. But, you know, again, you got to keep striving. you got to find ways to figure it out, and you got to find ways to do it. Um, you know, but it's a, it's a tough balance. It, it's hard, you know. And, again, academically – Rowan has changed, you know. We're a much different academic institution than we were in the 90s. So there's a lot more challenges to our student-athletes now than there were back in the 90s and the 2000s, you know. So th- there's a lot of pieces that, that go with it, um, you know. And, and, again, all the rumors about Division One and where you're going and what you're doing, all those things factor into your program because you're trying to identify, okay, what is a Rowan student You know, and what kind of Rowan student-athlete football player do we want? So it it makes it challenging. It really does.
3: Uh, One thing I wanted to talk to you about, you know, we've seen a lot of teams over the years come to Glassboro as a ranked team. But typically it's been somebody in your conference, whether, you know, in previous years, Cortland State was ranked high. Wesley's been been ranked high. Salisbury. Salisbury's been ranked high. This is a little different because this is a a non-conference team. Coming in, have the have the players talked a little bit about the opportunity this week in terms of playing against a team that has yeah, a national I mean, we, profile?
0: Yeah, we, start, we started talking about it, you know, after their sinus loss, you know, we were talking about it on the field, you know, is, you know, we can't feel sorry for ourselves. We have another really good team coming in. And again, you know, we've played a really hard schedule. Do I want to and we want to win every game? Absolutely. Again, I looked at it. If we could be maybe two and two, three and one out of conference, realistically, that might be where I thought we'd be. We're one and two, so a little bit behind. Um, but but again, you, you have to understand we're playing some really good teams. But it's a great opportunity to play a nationally ranked team and find out where we are and can we play at higher levels.
3: And that will be one of the things the props will try to do on Saturday as they get set for Johns Hopkins. The Blue Jays coming in undefeated. The Profs looking to hand them their first loss of the season in what should be a very good and a very lively crowd at Coach Richard Richard Wacker Stadium on Saturday. And this will be the first 1 p.m. home game of the year. I know, kind of (laughs) crazy, right?
0: The first two was a Thursday night yeah, and then a Saturday night. And then you're like, oh, wow, we got a day game. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, You know, the marching band the last game was awesome. Um, In a meeting today, Megan Cooney, the director, hoping to have their uniforms. It is family weekend. Um, I know there's a lot more people coming to the game because of that fact. Um, So, again, a lot of excitement for the the student experience. We did a, not that I really know how it works, but um, Colin Petrullo, an intern with us, former player, um, did a contest for the coin toss so we're going to select a student to come out and do okay. the coin toss off a social media challenge, something about hits or tweets or twerps or something <laughs> like that, <laughs> I don't know, something <laughs> like that, I guess. Um, but again, you know, all exciting things to be able to do, and it should be a huge crowd and a great atmosphere.
3: Oh, no doubt about it, and that will be taking place again this Saturday in Glassboro. We'll have coverage beginning at noon with an encore presentation of the Ruin University Football Coaches Show. Pros game at 12.30, then kickoff at 1.00. We'll take our first break of the show, but when we come back, it'll be time to bring in the Rowan University Football Player of the Week as we welcome in Peter Parigi right here on the Rowan University Football Coaches Show on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.
1: WGLS programming is made possible in part by the Rowan University Alumni Association. Delighted to serve over 100,000 Rowan Proud profs through exciting events and programs, communications, volunteer and mentorship opportunities, and special benefits and discounts. Since its founding, the Alumni Association has worked to maintain a lasting and positive relationship between our dedicated graduates and their alma mater. Alumni are encouraged to check out the website for more information about getting involved. The website is alumni.rowan.com rowan.edu. The Rowan University Alumni Association is proud to sponsor the programming on Rowan Radio. My
0: name is Teresa Barber. I was in the United States Navy and I served overseas in the Middle East and Africa. Early on in my career, I had a commander that taught our suicide prevention training, and then the very next day, he took his own life. Ninety percent of suicide attempts involving a gun are fatal. My
2: way of continuing my service is to help protect my community by being a responsible gun owner
0: and by storing firearms safely. Store all your guns securely. Help stop suicide.
2: Brought to you by End Family Fire and the Ad Council. Tune in to the Roan Report every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Join me, Allie Bruce, and the rest of the Roan Radio news team as we bring you a recap of weekly news covering local, national, and international stories. Plus, we'll take a look at sports and entertainment news too. For news around the region and around the world, listen to the Roan Report every Saturday at 9:30 a.m. on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM and online at RoanRadio.com.
3: WGLS-FM back here at Italian Affair in Glassboro, New Jersey. It's the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Derek Jones and the head coach of Props Football, Jay Acorsi, with you until 7 o'clock. Right now we're joined by special teams player, the kicker and punter for the Props, Peter Parigi. Peter, welcome. Thank you. Great to have you here on the show. And certainly over the last couple of weeks we've talked so much about the season. What has this experience been like for you so far through the first three games? It's been a good
4: one, getting like, my feet wet and everything, getting experience, getting ready for the NJAC play. That's when everything really starts to matter. Every rep matters more. So the first three weeks have been good.
3: So your role, obviously, punting the, the football, one of the key things that Coach Acorsi has talked about a great deal over the years has been special teams play. How have you been able to refine your role over the last couple of years?
4: Well, I mean, I came in three years ago, four years ago, it's my senior it's junior year whatever you, the way you look at it mm-hmm. but uh the past 2 years i've been getting a lot of like reps on the side practice and it's been like slowly building up for me to just come in and have have instant success like feel more confident than i would as a freshman
3: Going back to the second game of the year, you uncorked a punt of 56 yards. Do you remember that off the top of your head? Uh,
4: yeah. I mean, Here and there, I kind of like forget everything after the game and have to go back and watch it to get the memory back. But I remember that one.
3: So when you run in from the sidelines, take us through what that experience is like in the course of the game. What are you thinking about right before the moment of truth comes and you have to kick the football?
4: Really, I'm just counting how far back I am, making sure I'm 15 yards counting we have 11 people last game I didn't do that um really just I know JT is going to give me a perfect snap 10 times out of 10 so I don't really have to think about where the snap's going to go so that helps so much really I just look the ball into my hands take two steps kick it and hope it spiraled and went far
3: sometimes players can be creatures of habit with the the long snapper is there like you have a specific preference of what needs to happen or is it pretty much you trust jt let him do his thing
4: yeah jt just does his thing yeah (laughs) full trust (laughs) i've seen him snap for four years now it's i have full trust
3: well coach we've had jt on the show before yes we have and, and and he does such an effective job but that's a great testament to the kind of player that jt is that peter has that trust in
0: him yes and it's become a specialized position i mean guys make careers in the nfl being long snappers and short snappers it's usually a you know tight end defensive end offensive lineman type of player which jt was um he's you know perfected his craft he works really hard with the the specialists on the sidelines during practice um he takes great pride in it um and that matters you know when you get a great snap for punts great snap for a few extra points sometimes you take it for granted there were years we didn't have that so we always want to make sure you know we have enough players that can do it that are really good at it um and again i think it's an integral part of the game and and sometimes
3: with the offenses over the years i mean you you think like okay we score 30 40 points a game special teams will we'll get to it when we get to it but you can't You can't take that stuff for granted, right? Yeah,
0: no. I mean, every PAT is points, either gained or lost. Um, Field goals in this age become so critically important to get points, um, you know, and then be able to try to flip the field or try to defend the team back a little bit by punting the ball. I think punt and punt return is completely underrated. I think it's one of the most important things in a football game. Um, It's the only time that... You change possession, and you change possession in long distance, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's two critical things that occur. Usually an interception does, right? Or a long pass does. Um, But those usually you maintain possession. Usually with punting, punt returning, you're always changing possession. You're always long distance. So it's an integral part of the game.
3: Peter when you take a look at your role um, one of the things that's always been intriguing for me to watch with punters is when you're on grass versus turf the The field surface here is a little different than the traditional grass do you have a preference on on what you like?
4: Uh, it doesn't really matter, I mean our turf here it's like very very short, there's not much grass to it, it's kind of just like sandpaper so like on kickoff the ball sits up perfectly but I don't mean it doesn't really affect me. It's, it's all I feel it underneath my cleats, and that's really it.
3: <laughs> it is what it is in yeah. terms of bounces and, and all that stuff.
4: Yeah, for a punt it doesn't really matter as much as it would for field goal because field goal got to get like under the ball. Right,
3: right. When you take a look at the the punt return game, that in, in some ways you, you have to, to deal with being the punter. I mean, what's what's your mission when you go out there on the field as far as making sure you help your teammates? able to get down there in an effective manner to where they can make a play
4: well usually before the punt like if we're getting anywhere close to like a pin zone i'll tell them where the ball's going to go and if we're far back i usually tell them that it's just going to go far and i'll scream it when i kick it but isaac's done a really good job covering so far this year i really don't think any team on punt has over 15 yards on us 10 15 yards so that's really good even like the 56 yard punt i remember the film he was tackled in like three four yards of return which, if we can do that every time, we're doing our job
3: perfectly. You know, it's pretty interesting watching Rowan football over the years. There have not been a lot of punt
0: returns for scores on Rowan. No, there hasn't. And and again, I think that's a, you know, a testament to our kickers and the hold punt unit because again, they have to protect the punter, but then they have to run down and defend and tackle. So that's that cross training that you've got to be able to do, offensive and defensive skills. Um, and I think we're really deep this year at a lot of spots, so we're using a lot of really good players to be able to help in that part of the game. Peter, one, one thing we don't talk about a ton on the show is from the academic side
3: of things. Mm. You're a very accomplished student in terms of being that student-athlete component, all in Jack in terms of all academic. What does that mean to you? You were named a Rowan Scholar-Athlete of, Dis- of Distinction last year as well, I mean, is that something you take pride in?
4: Yeah, I do. I. I like to keep my GPA at a certain level because at the end of this, I mean, football's not going to take me anywhere. At the end of the day, it's going to be the degree and what the GPA I have on my paper. So it's cool to be able to, you know, get the best education I can get while still being able to play football.
3: And how important is that to you? Because he's a member of an honor society or was last year. Like, how is that something that is, is a source of pride for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to be a student of the game, but then you have to be a student yourself for class. Um, You know, and then there's a lot of other things in between that that happen. But, you know, again, usually your your players that really work hard, that are smarter, are going to also be smarter on the field and make really good decisions. And I think that's, you know, critical to understanding. And, again, I want to give Peter a lot of credit. Um, He's really taught himself to punt. I don't think that was his forte if you asked Mm. him. He's a really good kickoff person, you know, and he does that for us. So he punts. He holds for PAT field goal. He does kickoffs, and he's also kind of the backup field goal extra right, point person. Yeah. So he does everything and then some, and he's really taught himself how to hold. So mm-hmm. that's a hard craft. Like, that's not easy to do. He's been able to do that because I think he's a really good student, and he's a student of the game. When you take a look at those roles, I mean, how different is each one? Um,
4: it, it depends. I mean, each one's different. you got – field goal and kickoff kind of go closest together i'd say but i mean the different swings you want to punt you'll want to keep your leg as straight as possible and then kickoff it's more coming across my body same with field goal so you want to like balance it out and make sure that one swing doesn't turn into another because then you're going to have issues and then holding is fine i've I've learned how to hold
0: (laughs) but that's a hard skill don't don't you know he's making it sound easy (laughs) that's not easy you know, teams have trouble finding holders. Uh, no, yeah, Usually no it's your quarterbacks, but you're always worried, are they going to get hit, blah, blah, blah. Peter's done a great job. He kind of taught himself. He did it. You know, um, you know, I think that started last year when Danny held mm-hmm. and did it, you know, and that's important because, again, that goes back to all the skills that they're doing during practice while everybody's doing their offense and defense and everything else. That shows these guys are working hard in all those crafts on the sidelines, which is really important. Is that something,
3: that, that ability to adapt, is that something you picked up in high school or is it something you picked up pretty early on in your career here at Rowland?
4: Uh, my entire life. I mean, every sport I've ever played, I've played literally every single position and just get tossed around, and I don't really care. Like, whatever <laughs> the coach tells me to do, I'll do it, and I'll do it as best as I can do it.
3: Favorite sport that's not football? Baseball. Baseball, okay. Yeah. What did you play in baseball?
4: Uh, mainly I was an outfielder. Okay. But I played a lot of first, short-pitched, Okay. That's, that's really w- it.
3: What what position did you enjoy the most?
4: My favorite was right field. I liked right field the best. Okay. Yeah, okay.
3: Of course, yep. center. <laughs> so are you are you a fan of uh, what? What's your favorite baseball team? Yankees. Okay, Yankees. Yep. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. What do you think? You can't be pleased this year.
4: No, that was that was abysmal yeah
3: Yeah. (laughs) north jersey guy yes north jersey guy yes
4: (laughs) don't want to see that again next year that's for sure
3: highland lakes new jersey so yeah yeah, so you're a little bit you're a little bit off the way yeah yep so that's yeah it's been a tough year for the yankees no doubt well if you were the general manager how would you go about fixing that
4: i would get rid of well i guess we did get rid of donaldson but bring in the youth keep the youth there and just really just get rid of Cashman I think Cashman just got to go that's like end-all <laughs> fix-all just get rid of Cashman we may make the playoffs
3: and everything will take care of itself I mean do you get any guff from being down here yeah. in this pl- <laughs> yeah
4: all the time especially in like football season when the Giants play the Eagles Yeah, we, yeah. It's, it, it doesn't go well for the Giants
3: yeah we've we've talked about that before on on the show where the the little dynamics of uh, the, the regionalism of the team kind of comes into play coach. they always Yeah, and they're time.
0: all, you know, they're all, you know, you would think right North Jersey, Giants, Yankees, you know, Rangers whatever it is, but there's a lot of players on the team that are fans of teams you're like how did you become a fan of the Pirates? <laughs> yeah. Like, how did you become a fan of the Dallas Cowboys? Like, how, yeah. how did that happen? But it happens throughout the whole team, which I find very interesting. And it's the same conversation all the years. Yeah, just Arguing <laughs> about what team is better than what team. I think I've heard this conversation since the early 90s yeah. when I first got here. <laughs> it's just the names who are doing it. Yeah, yet. the players and the names and everything else just changed. But it's the same conversations. Coach,
3: I did want to ask you, going back to a point you just made about playing different sports, do you, do you think there is uh, help in some capacity to, to be able to come in with more than one skill set in terms of, oh, this guy played basketball or baseball or
0: another sport? Is that helpful? Yeah, I think when we recruit, we look at players that have played multiple sports. I think it makes them more well-rounded, uh, more athletic, just not a specific sport. Um, and again i think it makes them be more of a student of the game because they have other interests and like other sports and do other things and again i think that has helped peter and probably a lot of our players you know you can't be a you know the old one trick pony you got to be able to do a lot of different things peter epitomizes that
3: peter does your mindset change as you get to the different stage of the year here with the weather starting to change a little bit it's Getting a little cooler outside. Does that? How much does that alter your preparations before the start of a game?
4: Uh, I don't know if it alters the preparation as much. I mean, you just got to stay more loose on the sideline, and you got to understand that the ball is just naturally not going to go as far. So, like, if you turn it over and it goes 55 yards or 50 yards, you got to be happy with it, and just know that the weather and the cold coolness. And usually, when it gets cold, it gets dewy. And then the air gets more dense or so the ball is like it gets even harder to go through
0: oh listen to him
3: <laughs> this is like science yeah <laughs> but that, that's something you've obviously picked up with a lot of experience yeah. from from doing this
4: yeah yeah absolutely
3: and, and when you take a look at kind of how you've grown so far this year obviously a, a lot more opportunities this year on the field for you uh, how have you seen your game improve on a uh, week by week play-to-play
4: basis? Uh, I mean, just consistency. Last, I feel like last game was probably my best game so far that I played. I think I averaged like 42, 43 yards a punt. So just consistently going out there and doing my job the way I should do my job, I feel way more confident now. First game, nerves are out of the way, and now it's just re-
3: get ready. I did want to go back to holding for a second, because that is a very underrated role. Mm-hmm. How big of an adjustment was that for you? Because whenever you have a new kicker holder battery it's mm. it takes some time to get that chemistry down how long did it take you to kind of seal well, things up
4: with connor i mean connor came in the same time i did so i mean i've been with him working with him for three years now and we did a lot in spring ball so spring ball is like where the chemistry initially came from you know on the sidelines we probably get like 35 40 live reps every single day and I'm consistently just catching snaps, whether it's long snaps or short snaps. So I feel very comfortable with the ball in my hands. And so with that, everything's just gonna be smooth.
0: Coach, can you talk about spring ball a little bit and what that means, especially to younger players? It's a huge development time, because again, especially the critical part is like their first year or two. And again, you know, Peter came in COVID, so we weren't really practicing, and then we kind of did in the spring, and then it becomes really chaotic. but. I think, you know, that first and second spring that you've been there after a year of playing or two is probably the most critical in terms of your development because you've kind of done it, you kind of understand what it's about, and then you know what you really need to hone on to work on to be able to do it. I thought Peter really came on last year. He probably could have punted for us last year, probably could have kicked off and done a lot of other things as well. Obviously, Jake Hurler did a great job and Danny Kaye did a great job, but I really saw it start to click for Peter last year. It's just unfortunate we didn't get enough opportunities, so I felt comfortable he would be able to make that transition now. But the spring's huge because, you know, like Peter said, we're not really in full pads. We're only in uppers a couple days a week. It's a great opportunity to hone your skills to be able to learn. You know, and again, the year before, Danny was doing most of the holding. Peter was kind of learning. Now Danny's not there, so Peter has to do it. He's taking more snaps from JT working with the kickers a little bit more, which I think is important. So it's a critical time in your development that spring. What did you learn from guys like Jay Curler? Uh, just stay consistent. Don't,
4: you know, you're gonna miss. Like, it's impossible to be perfect. So just forget about the, the imperfects
3: and just try to do the best you can do wherever you're at. As we head down the home stretch here, um, you have obviously seen th- this team kind of go through some ups and downs so far this season. What do you take a look at and say this is what we need to do well on Saturday to, to get the, the W done, at least from your department? Well, we just need to play as a team.
4: Just Everybody just needs to do their job. On special teams, we need to make sure we cover. I need to make sure I get the ball off, the punts have height. Connor needs to make sure he puts it between the uprights. From our perspective, it has to be perfect, and if you're perfect on special teams, it allows the offense and defense to go out and do what they can do.
3: Last question for you. What's the record the Giants are going to finish with this year? Eight and eight. Oh, I guess yeah, so they well, play it's 17, 17 Eight and yeah. nine. I don't yeah. like that. I don't like that either. I'm, a, I'm an even number guy. I'll go <laughs> nine and eight.
4: I'll have I'll have faith in Daniel Jones.
3: Okay, okay. There's still, there's still time left for, for the season to, to kind of right itself.
4: Yeah. You, you, uh, you have
3: faith in Danny Dimes, though. Yeah,
4: I do. I like to think so. And Hyatt. I hope Hyatt has a really good second half of the season. They
0: need to get in the ball more.
3: Yeah, well, we'll. See. He has he has sports takes. I like that. Yeah,
0: he has the answers too. That's it. maybe I would switch. Well, I can't punt. Yeah, and I can't hold, and I certainly can't kick off anymore. I used to use the block to toe to in high school, so I, I would say switch. And Peter could be the head coach, but um, again, it's about the understanding of the game, right? That's important.
3: Absolutely. Uh, but before we go, finding Peter and, and implementing him into the Rowan program and, and the special teams department in particular, what's that been like for you?
0: It's been awesome. I, you know, a, a high school coach called me that I know really well and saw Peter kicking on his own up at a high school field. And I can't remember what high school field it, it was. Means. my own. Your own. Yeah. And I got a call, and I said, man, you got a really good one in that player. And it was unsolicited. Um, I think he was just watching him kick. And I was like, wow. And and that kind of made me think, you know, there he was on his own perfecting his craft on his own time to be able to do it. Um, And I got that sense from Peter early on that um, I I think he could kind of figure out a lot of things, really smart, bright young man. And he's performed at a really high level. Really. It's kind of his freshman year. It's the first time he's really played. So, and he's doing it at a really high level. So um, a lot of credit to him, but that phone call, from the high school coach, really struck me um, when he said, Coach, I watched your kicker, so-and-so Peter, out there kicking, and blah, 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 I was really impressed, and blah, blah, You got a really good one. And it was unsolicited, and he was correct. We do
3: Well, Peter, continued success to you this weekend, and, of course, throughout the rest of the season. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Stay tuned. We will have more from Glassboro, New Jersey at Italian Affair in just a few moments. Rowan University Football Fan Questions of the Uh-oh. Week. Uh-oh. Even in bye week, still, it's, it's oh, still happening. It's still a thing. <laughs> we'll have that and a look at the scoreboard as well. Stay tuned. More headed your
1: way right after this. Your Roan University football team is back in action on September 30th against the Johns Hopkins University Blue Jays. Tune in right here on Roan Radio 89.7
4: WGLS-FM with coverage starting at 12 p.m. with the Roan University Football Coaches Show. Profs pregame follows at 12.30 p.m. and kickoff between the Profs and the Blue Jays is scheduled for 1
1: p.m. Roan University football is back for a limited time, so make sure you hear all of the action of all of their games right here on your home for Profs Football, Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.
2: WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar. Located at 900 Delsey Drive in Glassboro, Italian Affair offers traditional Italian cuisine in multiple dining areas, including an outdoor patio. Established in 1988, Italian Affair also provides catering and private party options. For more information, the phone number is 856-881-2121 and the website is italianaffairglassboro.com. Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar is proud to support the programming on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.
1: Sweet strawberry icing. You're in Goodwill and just past that vintage denim jacket you spot. Miniature donut earrings. You lean in. Ah, that's the scent of shopping success. Because at Goodwill, every item you buy funds local job training and more. So bring home those donut earrings and bring home so much good to your community goodwill bring good home brought to you by goodwill and the ad council
3: rowan radio 89.7 wgls fm back here on the rowan university football coaches show Derek jones and the head coach of props football jay accorsi with you and coach always a, a pleasure to have a player on each week and peter perigi a certainly outstanding young man
0: yeah he's done a great job for us and You know, again, probably could have kicked a lot for us last year, but we had really good kickers. So, um, you know, obviously bright young man, understands his role. Again, he's doing very difficult things. Those are very unique, different skills that he's doing. Just punting a ball is very, very difficult. A football, that is. Soccer ball is easy. (laughs) Football is very different because of the shape. But then hold, but then also kick off. So those are three very unique Um, high level skills that you need to be able to do and he's doing a great job
3: I wanted to go over the the scoreboard of NJAC games but I did want to ask you about one of the more interesting results from last week involving a team that you're pretty familiar with over the last few years you played against them in the playoffs Indicott Indicott hosted Harden Simmons last week and beat them 37 to 10 yeah New England football sometimes has gotten a bad rap yes. over the years because of, I think, the performances in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but
0: that is a great win for them. Yeah, it's great for the Northeast, right? It's great for our area. Um, you know, it shows how football has changed on the East Coast and the Northeast. You know, you look at a lot of teams in the New England area that are really good. You know, we played Framingham and went up and played Merrimack, who's now Division One, and... You know, dabbled over the years with Coast Guard and some others, but it's really good to see from a regional perspective, from somebody I grew up in the New England area. I think it's really important, and I think it speaks volumes about just football in general, and a, a best, especially for the the Northeast and the East Coast.
3: As a result of that win, Indicott actually hops into D three football yeah. uh, top twenty five rankings at twenty one in the nation. Which yeah, is pretty cool.
0: I saw that on film last year. Um, again. So I was really impressed in the game. I think I saw them against TCNJ uh, early in the year and was really impressed with them. Um, I'm not so sure. I thought I saw another game or two, but, again, that's that's a great win. You know, that's a great win for our region. You know, I say our region, we're like a mid-Atlantic, but I still consider that northeast, the east. That's a great win and, and shows volumes you know about how great football is in all parts of the country.
3: Yeah, it's it's been an interesting year so far to start out in in terms of looking at the East Coast. You know, Cortland's ranked, Ithaca's ranked, in the Texas schools. You know, we mentioned Hardin-Simmons, Mary Hardin-Baylor's one and three this year. Yeah, and and they're they're struggling as well. And then on the back end of the top twenty-five, you have Muhlenberg, Delaware Valley. Yep. So yeah, you're right that that East Coast
0: is kind of coming Emer- around, yeah, emerging a little bit. And, and again, I think you're still. You know, going to see it. Uh, Utica, I think, is still undefeated. They were in the playoffs last year. Um, you know, so there's a, just a lot of really good teams. And uh, again, uh, for you know, for a perspective from where I see it, you know, it helps East Coast football and Northeast where it's traditionally been said by people, "Ah, it's not, the football's not that good." It is that good.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think sometimes because of what has happened nationally, people get the, the wrong idea, and yes, it, you know, ultimately the goal is to win the national title, Yeah, but it's, yeah, the football along the East Coast, it's, don't
0: sleep on it. No, and, and <laughs> there's a bad. lot of good teams, Susquehanna and, you know, Ursinus, and there's a lot of others that we didn't mention that are really good. You have their traditional ones, but now you have these others uh, doing a great job, and I think that's probably the one benefit of conferences that have broken up and gone to smaller teams, it now forces you to play in other areas and other regions and to reach out. And I think that's maybe helped the Northeast and the East Coast a little
3: bit. No doubt about it as we take a look at this week's NJAC scoreboard. So the Props and Blue Jays will play on Saturday at 1, but that is the only game... Involving teams uh, that are playing out of conference schools because everything else, everything else
0: is pretty much done
3: every, yeah everything else is pretty much done and we're going right to conference play starting this weekend with Kane taking on William Patterson and that, that's always been kind of you know a matchup between two of the 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 more struggling programs in, in the league but you know this is still at the time of year where these teams still feel like they have a chance and and both teams have played well or at least hard so far
0: yeah i mean i'm you know i'm watching kane against her sinus and you know they kind of played like we did maybe played a little bit closer so you know again they're playing some really good teams you know now it matters though now as you head into conference play it's that second season all these games now are much more important in the grand scheme of things of the run for the conference championship
3: TCNJ against Montclair State, that one with a 6 p.m. kickoff time. I gotta say, and I know he's been gone for a long time, but it is very weird to have a game taking place between those two schools where it's not Eric Hamilton uh, versus Richard Rick Giancola. Giancola. Yeah,
0: it'll be the first time, right? With with Rick stepping down, and um, again, yeah, that's one of those. You know, you I, for me, I looked at kind of the the two deans of the conference now not so much anymore and and again but still a, a you know anytime you get that north-south rivalry a little bit in state it adds a little bit extra you know because you're you're fighting kind of for that north-south jersey uh battle a little bit so it'll be interesting to
3: see and then uh rounding out things salisbury against christopher newport very interesting
0: battle down in virginia yeah again you know played some tougher teams in co- uh, out of conference now you're going to find out kind of what they're about and and kind of the stretch run as we see it Um, again two teams that have done really well in in our conference and um you know again it'll be interesting to see what happens so
3: three conference games getting underway this weekend the props will get into conference play next weekend and I'm sure that's something you and the team are very excited about because it'll be TCNJ on tap yep. first.
0: Yeah, and again, we've you know, we talked about that in the bye week. Is like, listen, rest and relax. We come back, we play the 10th-ranked team in the nation, and then we jump right into conference play. Um, and again, talked about conference play now is the huge factor. We can forget a little bit of what happened and now start that new season. So, um, again, that's, you know, kind of where we're basing where we're headed
3: as you take a look at this week coming up health wise how is the team feeling was it was it a chance to kind of reset the batteries a little bit
0: yeah a chance to let some players rest a chance to you know have them kind of maybe watch or take lighter reps and traditionally work with some younger players or just some skills with some older players so it's not as physical it's not as hard demanding on the body and try to get some back i think we got quite a few players back so i think we're health-wise okay um you know again for this stretch run
3: so the props and blue jays will start things up on saturday at one o'clock when we come back for the final segment of this week's ruin university football coaches show it'll be time for the ruin university football fan questions Uh of the week Uh -uh. we've got a couple in the queue Uh -uh. this week so uh very very interesting questions indeed we'll have that on the way in just a few moments This is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show with you each and every Thursday from Italian Affair in Glassboro at 6 p.m. We'll be here with you for about 15 more minutes. Stay tuned. More on Rowan Radio 89.7. Headed your way right after this.
2: WGLS programming is made possible in part by Barnes & Noble, the official bookstore for Rowan University. Located at 201 Rowan Boulevard, Barnes & Noble is your number one choice for profs gear as well as a wide assortment of gifts, accessories, and sportswear. The bookstores open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday from 10 to 6, and Sunday, 10 until 6 p.m. The Starbucks Cafe opens 8 a.m. Monday through Friday and at 10 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. For more information, their website is rowanbookstore.bncollege.com. The Barnes & Noble Bookstore is proud to be a supporter of Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Melissa from Michigan. I work an
1: extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table.
0: Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we
1: can end. End it at FeedingAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America
0: and the Ad Council. Can't get enough of the oldies? Join me, Greg May. And me, Maddie Kay. Every Saturday from 8 p.m. till midnight as we explore the top songs on the Billboard Hot 100 charts of yesteryear. You'll hear everything from the Bee Gees to the king of rock and roll, chairman of the board, and more. Each week features a special theme hour that'll have you rocking and rolling all night long. It's Saturday night at the oldies, every Saturday at 8 p.m., only on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.
3: Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM back here at Italian Affair in Glassboro. It is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Derek Jones and the head coach of props football, Jay O'Corsey with you for about 10 more minutes until Pop Flavor at the top Pop of Flavor. The, yes. Pop Flavor. Pop Flavor with Sam DeChusets on the way at the top of the hour but first before we get there it's time for the rowan university football fan questions of the week you can get those in by sending them to us via email at wgls rowan.edu or twitter by sending them to at rowan radio or at wgls sports our first question comes from of course juan juan is checking in yep Juan wants to know, Rowan has a new helmet this season. Is there any special significance with the this year's design?
0: Yeah, we, we went retro a little bit. If you look at the old helmets back in the day, they were brown. Mm-hmm. And they actually used to have the old G, the old Green Bay Packer G oh, for geez. Glassboro State College. We didn't go with the G; That would probably upset some people. So we went with the Rowan. But we went with the old brown, and if you look at the older helmets back in the day, that's what they were. So trying to go a little retro for okay. our centennial and anniversary that's happening through the course of the year. So pretty cool. Pat Linsetta usually does it with Bob and Joe, our equipment manager, and we did a reveal, I think. I don't know if it was the spring or whatever. I threw it on my head and ran in the locker room, and <laughs> guys laughed at me, and I tried not to hit somebody but a, a retro old but the old one had the g your green bay packer g for glassboro state right okay. that brown was what we went with
3: all right that's excellent yep. yeah it's a, a pretty good look yeah. pretty slick look yeah, for the yeah, props this yeah. season our next question coming from brian in glassboro three games into the season early but what's been the biggest surprise this year for you
0: Um, I think how well we've played offensively with so many new players. Um, I think that's been the surprise, um, you know, had some ups and downs, which we thought with younger quarterbacks and inexperience. But, um, I think all the wide receivers have melded together really well. The running backs have done a really good job and the quarterbacks have worked it out. So that's been a, a pleasant surprise with so many new, younger players. That you're going to hear about for years to come on that side
3: and, and that's one of the the tricks you you obviously want to lean on the veterans that have been here before and know it and, and know what to do but also you've got to find a way to kind of filter in the younger yeah, guys I'm, as well yeah
0: and I, as i always say i don't get intru- i don't get impressed from a new younger player until i see the grades in january <laughs> then, I, then i get impressed okay you know um yeah you can impress on the field but again, making the transition from wherever you were to here, juggling the athletics and the academics and the social component, that's a huge juggle. I don't get really excited till I see the grades in December, January. So that's when I start to get excited about younger players.
3: Okay, that's a very that's a very interesting point because a lot of people probably don't think of it that way. When they first come in, they see a freshman do well. They're like, okay, he's off to the races. Not yeah. so fast, my uh,
0: friend. Yeah, well, you're you're <laughs> hoping. But again, it's how they take care of it and what they right. do. And that's why we spend a lot of time and, and energy and, and, and trying to meet with them and let them know and make sure they know who their advisor is, make sure they know where their classes are, you know, make sure they know how to juggle that part of it. And, so again, that's the part when I, you know, I'm excited now. Don't get me wrong yeah, with the yeah, football. Yeah. But you really want to excite me? I got to see your grades and see how you're doing. Be-
3: because obviously, you know, if if they're taking care of business in the classroom, they're probably going to be you're around. Hoping,
0: yeah. <laughs> you're hoping. You're yeah. hoping. That's a delicate balance. Delicate balance.
3: Oh, no doubt about it. That's a, that's a great answer. And our our last question coming from Rob and Ben Salem. Oh. He wants to know what are your thoughts on Deion Sanders as a college football head coach?
0: Yeah, I think it's great. It provides uh, new excitement, um, it provides that colorful flair to the game. Um, you know, again, obviously players have responded to him. Obviously, he's done a great job turning around a program that, for the most part, not many people talked about and thought about. I know when Gary Barnett went from Northwestern to Colorado, there was a buzz. They had those couple of years, right, run for the national championship, this, that. But really, Colorado hasn't done much of that since then. But I think it's great. I think he provides a lot of color. I think he provides a lot of passion, you know. But it, you got to listen to him, though. He talks about deep messages that we hope all coaches talk about, being good young men handling it and being a certain way, you know, worrying about what you... Like, he has a lot of great messages that I think gets lost because people concentrate on the other things. He has a lot of great messages, and he's doing a great job with a program that was basically gone. Um, But again, I I think it's exciting and fun and, you know, provides a lot of entertainment, um, you know, and does a lot of great things. So I think... You know, again, it's got to make us as coaches think about different ways to do things. I know when Chip Kelly came on the scene and was at Oregon and even with the Eagles and things. I mean, most people play music at practice now. That was started by Chip Kelly back when he was at Oregon. Yeah. You know, and now everybody plays it, even the pros and even colleges, and we do. And I don't – it doesn't really get me excited for practice, (laughs) but I'm an old guy. What do I know? But I think it's exciting. I really do. But you got to listen to – His messages, he has very deep-rooted messages that my hope is a lot of coaches are talking about. It gets lost in the fluff, right? Yeah. You get lost in the fluff. Um, But, again, he he played at a really high level. I was watching the other day when he, you know, he played in a Cowboy or, I don't know, Falcon game. And then he went and played in a baseball game. And then, like, how do you that? Like, that's high-level stuff.
3: Nobody's done it like that. No.
0: So I think it's good. I really do.
3: And when you take a look at um, kind of one of the things that came out of the game last week against Oregon, the, the kind of the controversy with Coach Lanning over at Oregon talking about that, you know they're in it for clicks, we're in it for the W, that kind of thing. Um, it, it, we hear so much nowadays about social media and yeah, guys doing it for the clicks. I mean, as a head coach, how difficult is it? for you to, to kind of watch where where the industry is is going in, in, in that regard yeah well
0: i mean i'm a dinosaur so i you know i you know i'm luckily we have a lot of young people surrounding us that do a lot of social media like i mentioned colin patrullo with our social media accounts and geared towards students and you know we're trying to do this thing to be able to select somebody for the coin toss of students so you know, those are all great things. I'm probably the last person to ask about. <laughs> you know, If my own three kids are listening to the show, they're probably laughing at Boomer Dad right now. <laughs> um, but, again, I think it's exciting, and I think it's a part of the the nature of, of, of young people today, and that's why we do it, you know, to, to make it exciting, make it fun, and think about all those things that go on in their world that were much different than when we grew up and what we did. So I think it's great. I, I really do. And I think it's all very important because, you know, that's part of their lives now. You know, I, I, you know, I talk about when we didn't have cell phones, right? Yeah. Like a payphone. I used to, I tell all the players, Hey, you know where this pole right here, when you walk into the double gates of the stadium, yeah, coach, there was a payphone there. They go pay what? <laughs> I go pay phone. They go, what's that? You paid for the phone. I said, no, it was a public phone, and you had to use it with a coin. He goes, what? You know, so, again, I, you know, you got to be able to blend it all together. Um, but, again, I think it's really important to do all those things. And our players love it, right? Like we have the chains that we give out yeah. for awards yeah. and the marching band again talking about that. That's all great things for the student experience. Young people now want those things more than ever. And we have to provide... <laughs> those personal touches and personal things that we do um, because they do so much on the phone and social media and everything else all those other things they are dying for and i think we need to make sure we remember that the the student experience now is more important than ever because of those things and we have to understand that part of it
3: Uh, i think that's a a perfect way to end the show Uh, very well said and the props will get set for action coming up on saturday against johns hopkins you mentioned the student experience. Should be a a pretty fun, lively crowd on Saturday. Yeah,
0: you know, a lot of tickets sold. It's family weekend. So, you know, families are coming back and families coming to see their their youngsters that are in college and see how they're doing and how they're maneuvering. And should be really exciting with the marching band again, their second performance, really. I thought their first performance at the first game was awesome from what I saw. Um, I think it's going to be even more awesome again this week. And, again, I think it's about that fan experience, the student fan experience. We need to make sure we're doing our part as a football program to make sure we're doing that for them as well. And I told the players that, too. I said, listen, everybody's coming here Saturday to see you. You need to do your part to make sure they're proud of their institution and university and proud of us. And we need to make sure the product and what we do on the field is a high-level thing. And that's a lot of responsibility. You could see the pressure on them, you know, when you're starting to talk about those things that they think about that part of it. And I talked about at the Ur-Sinus game, everybody watches you. I get asked a lot of times, hey, what was going on with so-and-so number? What was going on with so-and-so? Everybody watches what's going on. You have to understand that part of it. It's a great opportunity for us to prove to everybody that we can continue to be a good football team and for people to be proud of us, and I think that's really important.
3: Against a top-ten team yeah. in Johns Hopkins, so should be a tremendous environment yep. on Saturday. Coverage starts at noon with an encore presentation of the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Props pregame at 12.30 and then kickoff at 1. Coach, we'll talk to you again next yeah, week. It
0: should be a great one, great atmosphere. It's supposed to be great weather, family weekend. Come on out, um, support your profs, support the marching band, Hopefully they're in uniforms We're in meetings today and the uniforms <laughs> are trying to get here. I know Megan's working really hard. But again, it's all about that experience and, and we're just trying to help provide that student experience for everybody. So it should be a a great a heck of a game.
3: Stay tuned. Pop flavor on the way. Special thanks to Sam Massachusetts. Sam has pop flavor in just a few moments. We'll be back with you next Thursday night. From Italian Affair in Glassboro, until then, I'm Derek Jones for Jay Acorsi saying so long. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good night, everybody.